0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble. though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah, right. right. And that's your chronic state. <laughs> that's what <it> <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives... I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in, everybody. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. What's going on? It is my, it's my effing birthday my birthday week i'm turning 30 the big 3-0 this thursday and i'm excited to celebrate with you guys at the bourbon room in hollywood for a very special live taping of the no filter with zach Theater podcast Jolene Lunzer, who's a very funny comedian and a good friend of mine is opening the show. And then we're doing a tea spillers panel with Evan Reel from Page Six, Jeff Epstein from The Manic Podcast, and Steven from Faces by Bravo. The four of us will be on stage spilling some insider tea about the stars that we know and the stars that you love or love to hate. So get ready for that. And then we will close the show with an unfiltered one-on-one interview on stage at the Bourbon Room with Lala Kent. It's going to be June 15th. Show begins at 8 p.m. Pacific time. If you are unable to make it or you're not in L.A., that's okay. We did just add a few more G.A. tickets so you can still come to the show Just added a few more that you can get at NoFilterLive.com. That's NoFilterLive.com. But if you aren't able to make it, then you can get a live stream ticket at NoFilterLive.com. You can go to NoFilterLive.com and stream the show. You can watch it live at 8 p.m. Pacific, or you can watch the rebroadcast for up to 48 hours after the show. The live stream is brought to you by my pals at Chomps. So shout out to Chomps, my favorite all-natural meat stick, under 100 calories, no sugar, keto-friendly, grass-fed, delicious. So give them a try. Lots of protein. The entire event is produced or presented by my pals at Pure Cane. So the desserts for that night are going to be made with Pure Cane, which is my favorite all-natural zero-calorie sweetener um, that's so yummy and delicious, and I can't wait to celebrate with everybody. So this Thursday, June 15th, the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Get your tickets now, or else they're not going to let you in the door or live stream it. Get your live stream tickets and... Last minute GA tickets at nofilterlive.com. Okay. We have a lot to break down today. We're gonna talk about Tom Schwartz and him now owning up to feeling complicit in this scandal affair. We're gonna talk about Tom Girardi because a court expert has now determined, a government expert actually, has now determined that he will likely stand trial. Looks like his legal team's gonna try fighting that though. Um, we'll talk about Jersey, the reunion, and then I guess a little bit of this drama going on with like NeNe Leakes and Real Houses of Atlanta because they like cut her out of like an opening credit It's the whole thing. But let's dive in. Where should we start? Okay, let's start with Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump Rules. So Schwartzy is on this new show. On Fox called Stars on Mars, which is basically a show where they take a bunch of celebs, actors, uh, reality stars, pro athletes, Portia Williams from Rail Houses of Atlanta is also on the show. They take a bunch of them and they put them through a series of competitions, uh, in like some sort of like Mars style stimulation simulation. I believe they filmed it in Australia. And so Schwartz has now opened up about Scandaball. He also just was caught by TMZ a couple of days ago or a few days ago outside of Schwartz and Sandy's and the TMZ guy came up to him and he's like, hey, Tom, what's going on? Can we talk about Sandball?" And if you're taking a break from him and he's like, I don't want to talk right now. No cameras, please. No cameras. Stop. Oh, paparazzi. Poker face. Poker face. Poker face. So he's on Stars on Mars. It's interesting because he's on Stars on Mars and he's going to be on the new season of Winter House. So he's doing okay. Schwartz and Sandy seems to be doing fine now. So Schwartz seems to be... Everyone's capitalizing off the scandal as they should. Good for them. I know Sheen was like, why wouldn't I capitalize off of this? My podcast has gotten over a million downloads this month alone. And Lala's like, you're damn right. I'm going to milk every second. Like, why are we not all milking the scandal? We all are milking the scandal. Ariana's getting all her deals. She was on the Glamour magazine. She was... um Getting all this. I loved her battery commercial for Duracell. It's just let everybody collect their paycheck because it's not going to last forever. But Schwartz, he revealed on the show that, you know, he explained that his friend Tom Sandoval had an affair that just happened to sweep the nation. It's incredibly messed up. But the thing is, I've become mirrored in it. It's become a huge source of my of angst in my life. You know, God. And he says that he's been in this extended funk. Which is interesting that he's in the extended funk because of the Sandoval affair that he died, that he knew about and kept secret, right? But he wasn't in this extended funk with the divorce or the loss of Katie or how much he hurt Katie by fooling around with Raquel, who was already sleeping with Tom Sandoval. So he goes on to explain that Sandoval had a torrid affair. That's how he explains it, a torrid affair. He says it's horrible, and I feel complicit because I didn't cover for him, but I had his back. I feel like he kind of did cover for him, though, because he kept it a secret. He kept it from coming out. He helped conceal it. Although he does feel he seems like he feels betrayed by Sandoval because he says that Sandoval came to him and confided in him that he was in love with someone else, not Ariana. Now we know it was Rocky, Rocky, Bang, Bang. But Schwartz says that he's stepping away from all of the Sandoval drama permanently after reflecting on his friendship with Sandoval. He says, any sort of version of Sandoval's side of the story has become obsolete because of the way that Sandoval handled it. He said, ultimately, that's his life, meaning Sandoval. That's Sandoval's life, and it's his life to ruin it or whatever. He says, I'm not the one that had the affair. I'm not him. It's just so strange that I've been absolutely mirrored in this. Which I get, right? Um, But I also feel like he's... like. I do think he's complicit. I'm curious what you guys think. If you think he's complicit in this or not, I happen to think he is complicit because he had an opportunity to push Tom Schwartz. Sorry, Tom Schwartz had an opportunity to push Tom Sandoval to do the right thing and to open up and to come clean or to break things off with Raquel. Like the fact that... Schwartz heard about the hookup last summer, and he was willing to conceal that. And then he found out about the full affair in January, and he continued to conceal that. Even if he was, like, encouraging Tom Sandoval to do the right thing, like, Schwartz still didn't— Like, you don't—like, yes, you want your friends to have loyalty to you and to have your back, but you also want your friends to make you be a better person, not to— cover up for your bad behavior they're not 22 anymore you know the stakes are higher now i think schwartz is entangled in all of this because of how he handled it it seems like he's like oh sandoval did this and now i'm just being lumped into this with sandoval it's like no You had an opportunity to set Sandoval straight or to take some distance from Sandoval and help him do the right thing. You chose to stay by his side and continue to enable his bad behavior. That's what happens. You're also guilty by association. Sheena was not associated. Sheena tried to find out if this was an affair. She went to Ariana. She talked to Tom Sandoval, you know, that's a different situation. That's why Sheena's not lumped into this the way that Schwartz is. Schwartz knew about this, covered it up, didn't say anything, didn't tell Ariana. You know, he did all the wrong things. And so that's where I'm a little more like, Schwartz, I don't feel like I feel for you, but I don't feel for you. And listen, he's doing fine, right? Schwartz and Sandys is doing fine. He's on Stars on Mars on Fox, which is a big show. It's literally on cable. It's on Fox or sorry, not on, on not on cable. It's on uh, regular television um fox is huge he's also doing winter house without sandoval he's able to have his own identity without sandoval which i think will help him in the long run but as of right now i think it's good that he permanently steps away he takes some distance takes a beat doesn't continue to like engage with sandoval right now let sandoval do his own thing i feel like he feels hurt and betrayed by sandoval because it's like sandoval's out there living this rock star life bragging about selling out his shows still keeping up his love affair with raquel from what we can see So, and Schwartz is here to pick up the pieces. And so I feel a bit of that resentment from Schwartz and I understand it. So, I mean, yes, he's, he's mirrored in this too, but at the same time, it's like, but it's by your own doing. So I don't feel as badly for you. Let's talk about Tom Girardi, um, Erica Jane's estranged husband. So a court has now determined that Tom Girardi is fit to stand trial. This was reported by the LA Times this week. They claimed that a government expert examined Tom Girardi and determined that he's mentally fit to go before a jury, which means he's going to have to be held accountable for his crimes, which means he could potentially go to prison. I know before it was like, oh, well, they're not going to charge somebody that's mental. They can't charge somebody that's mentally unfit to stand trial. Like, they can't. What are they going to do? Lock him up in the loony bin? Like, they just. There was concern about whether or not he was going to be held accountable. Now it looks like he's actually going to be moving forward. So his legal team has remained adamant that he does have Alzheimer's and he does have dementia. They claim to have had him evaluated. They have a diagnosis, a formal diagnosis for him. Unclear what this specific government expert, what their examination of Tom determined or what what it consisted of. I mean, we know what it determined. It determined his competency. But We don't know what they actually did to come to this conclusion because Tom's legal team had parts of it redacted and it was filed under seal. So a lot, big chunks of it, since it was redacted, it means that big chunks of it have been blacked out with information that the public does not have access to. Unclear why it was redacted. I would imagine there are certain things his legal team doesn't want out or possibly certain tests or certain information that he revealed that the legal team doesn't want out or made public. So. There are parts of it that are redacted that make it hard to understand what the evaluation was or how this particular expert came to this conclusion. But their findings are pretty much unknown at this point, aside from the fact that whatever it was that they did find, they concluded that Tom is okay to move forward in front of a jury. His legal team is expected to file their own motion regarding his competency later this month. They'll have to lay out. I'm assuming that they're going to lay out their case and provide some sort of like diagnostic findings from their own experts and doctors on Tom's competency, because I assume they're going to try to prove that he really does have Alzheimer's and dementia and that, you know, this isn't just a ruse and that this is real. We'll have to wait and see. As of now, there's a hearing set for August 3rd. Lots of people are coming out claiming that this proves that Erica was in on it and she was trying to deceive us by telling us that Tom was mentally unfit. And I'm just like, listen, from what she's revealed, it appears that Tom does have some sort of cognitive decline that has been documented for a while. I've always been skeptical about the severity of that cognitive decline, though, right? Because, like, my hesit- my hesitancy was always the speed at which his cognition started to decline once the allegations came out and it became public what he was doing for so long. And listen, I had on Max Lugavier and Dr. Will Cole on the podcast. We talked a bit about it. Um, and they've both determined that that's not really common for them to see people that progress with Alzheimer's or dementia that rapidly. We also had Daniel Feruzin who interviewed Tom Girardi just a few months. Like, I, I think it was, what, three months before the shit hit the fan. I believe he was interviewed in October and everything, you know, came to a head in December. In his October interview, he seemed pretty fine. He seemed a little, you know, Daniel Fruz and I do have that interview up on the podcast and on YouTube. And, you know, Daniel is very clear that, like, there were some things that, like, you could tell there were signs of aging, but not to the degree that we're now hearing. So that's where my skepticism has always came come in. I just felt like he it developed very quickly as he was immediately ruled incompetent. So I was always a little uncertain of how genuine he and his legal team were being with his diagnosis. It's possible that he does have early signs of Alzheimer's and early signs of dementia. But I don't think that I'm still skeptical of the severity of it. And I don't think that Erica is trying to protect him. I believe she believes that his cognition has progressed to this level, maybe on some level, right? Um, I don't think she has any reason to protect him now. Her life is in shambles because of this man. She's fighting off lawsuits because of this man, and he's hiding in an old folks' home. You know, so I don't think she has any loyalty to him anymore. Maybe there's some sort of trauma bond. Maybe there's some sort of um, guilt that she has for even leaving him. But listen, she had to phone a friend. She called her friend Wilkes. Um, was it Jim Wilkes, who lives out in Florida. He's the one that everyone keeps thinking is her boyfriend. He's not her boyfriend. I believe he's married. He has been a longtime friend of, of theirs, of Tom and Erica's, and he helped Erica leave. He gave her, you know, some money. He helped her move out. He gave her a life raft when the Titanic was going down. And so I think, the fact that she had to secretly move out and file for divorce, I don't believe the divorce is a, a sham. I believe he kept her in the dark for most of their marriage. And for the most part, just in terms of like how he was making the money, I don't believe, listen, a guy that like that, that's that older, that's that old school, that's deceiving people and taking that much money or embezzling that much money and the allegations against him, what it's 18 million with the charges against him right now, he's being charged in Los Angeles and in Chicago. And right now it's a total of 18 million that they've been able to link that they believe he embezzled. And that's what the trial will ultimately determine is what his involvement was and what his uh, culpability was. But, you know, I believe that he's trying to fool everybody into believing that his condition is much worse than it actually is. I believe that. I don't believe it's as worse as his legal team wants us to think that it is. I mean, you can tell that there's clearly something going on with him because look at it. He's an old man. He's literally in his 80s. I believe that maybe there are early signs of Alzheimer's. If you look at his physical condition, if you just look at the look in his eyes, I don't believe he's a good enough actor to just put that on. Um... So I do believe that there is some sort of cognitive decline and there were signs that Erica noticed and there were signs that other people started to notice. But again, I don't believe it's as severe as his legal team is trying to make it out to be. And I think even on some level, Erica believes that he's in this type of cognitive decline because it's probably easier than to believe the alternative, which is likely the reality, being that her husband screwed over innocent people, funded her lavish, lavish lifestyle with money that he stole and is now continuing to even con her by exaggerating his own condition, probably knowing that she's having to answer for this publicly. Like, think of how sick and twisted that has to be, right? If this really is what he's doing. This is all hypothetical. This is all my own speculation. But if he's really trying to deceive everybody into believing His condition is as advanced as it is because now a government expert has determined that it's probably not what they're claiming that it is. I do believe that there is some mental decline again, just because of his age and his physical condition, that there's no way his mental condition is also not deteriorating. But think about it a man that's smart enough to keep this scheme going for what nearly 30, 40 years, multiple decades, he knows that Erica's on television, he knows that Erica's a public figure, and he knows that there are going to be questions of her. So if he continues to play this game with her, he knows whether or not, and this is where I think Edelson has this theory that Erica's the front woman of the scheme, and they're using her to kind of paint this picture. I don't believe she's complicit in painting the picture, but I do believe that there is a level of con that's still going on there. And so... I don't believe that she's covering up for him, but I can believe that maybe he's even trying to manipulate her a bit and play it up a little bit more. Maybe he's even starting to buy into it himself. I don't know. But I don't think that she's covering for him. She has no reason to cover for him at this point. He's not still giving her money. She had to rebuild and get back on her own two feet without him. I'm pretty sure there's some sense of loyalty that she feels for the life that he was able to provide for her. But, like, think of, like, the juxtaposition of being, like, I'm grateful for this lifestyle that you gave me, this life that you gave me. But now I have to realize that a lot of this potentially was was spent with people's stolen money. It just – it is conflicting internally. And so – I think for her it's easier to believe, okay, I think I really want to believe that he is in this mental decline and he really is unfit to stand trial because at least if I believe that and I buy into this, it kind of lessens the reality. It it softens the reality and softens the blow of what this potentially is, which is just one big unfortunate situation um i do know that from what we've seen reported so far it looks like she's working with the trustee to settle the debt that is owed obviously we know that there were a lot of bills that tom was running um he gave her an amex that he was paying for with company money and all of those expenses he was then writing off in the tax returns as loans so there is money that They are going to try to get from her, and from what I've seen reported so far, it looks like she's working with the trustee to settle on those debts. Um, She's likely going to have to deal with the tax mess next as well, so we'll see. She has a long road ahead of her, but at least it looks like there's going to be some closure. The clients are starting to get paid back. The victims are starting to get paid back. The orphans and widows have already been paid back. We, again, don't see that reported, but they have already received their money, Edelson is fighting for more money, so we'll con- continue to see it play out, and I'll continue to keep you posted, but at least for now, that's where it stands. I'm curious what your thoughts are, so let me know how you're feeling about this. Do you think that his legal team, now that they're likely going to file their own motion, do you think they're, a- they're going to be able to prove their case that he's not competent to-, to stand trial? Do you think he'll ultimately end up standing trial? And what do you think about, you know, Erica's position and all of this? I'm very, very, very curious to know. Culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Let's talk the joy reunion. It is recap time. Tonight is the night. Um... So the Jersey reunion was wild. I know Peacock announced that they're going to have an uncensored extended version. I heard that the extended version, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that the extended version is only like three minutes extended. So it's not like a full extended version. But again, it was like a last minute thing that they did to provide the uncensored version on Peacock and extend it. So I, I haven't seen what the extended version is. I just saw the regular version last night. It was good, but it was just hard to watch. There is something, like, insanely off about Louis. You can tell Teresa is just—I don't know if she sees what's going on with Louis, and she's masking it by just spitting out this anger and, you know, vitriol hatred towards her brother and Melissa. I feel like she thinks that she's betrayed by her brother, and she genuinely hates Melissa. And I think she's hated Melissa from day one, and now it's just finally coming to light— She always looked for reasons to not like Melissa, and now we're actually at this point where she doesn't like Melissa, and it's abundantly clear. It was rough, right, seeing them go at it, Joe and Teresa— It's weird seeing her ride so hard for Jacqueline. I know Jacqueline. I adore Jacqueline. I've known her for many years. We were connected through her son Nicholas and my brother Ethan, both who have autism. We connected through Jenny McCarthy's foundation. So I know Jacqueline on a personal level and all of my interactions with her have always been very great and very pleasant. Um, I've had no interactions really with Teresa, but it is interesting to see Teresa constantly flip from one position to another, right? First, Caroline's the reason she went to prison. Now it's Joe and Melissa. Now it's, you know, everybody but her. Now her family's in shambles because of Margaret. Like, it's just always deflection, and she's always pointing the finger at somebody else without taking any accountability for her own actions or her own role in things. It was very telling, though, when we saw her at the reunion, and Joe's like, listen, I will always be there for you if you're in a car accident tomorrow. I will show up. I will be there by your side. Whatever you need, I'm always here. I think that that's genuine, and that's true family devotion. She was like, I'm done with you guys. I never want to see you again. I never want to speak to you again. Like you can tell she she talks so much about family, 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 but it's just. I don't believe her, and I think that that was abundantly clear. Um, I didn't love dragging Frankie and Gia into this. I thought it was interesting that Dolores immediately shut that down about Frankie. And so basically the story, according to Big Frank and Joe Gorga, is that Frankie is claiming that he was working for Louis And all of a sudden, it looks like the company shut down and Louis ghosted him and wasn't giving him information or details. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I'm pretty sure it was more minor compared to what Frank, Big Frank and Joe are trying to make it out to be, which is probably why Dolores didn't want to get involved. I believe Dolores is also loyal to Teresa and she wanted to protect Louis and that's why she didn't want it pushed any further because it was going to show that Louis had another business that went under. Um, So yeah, that was just kind of dumb and interesting but Dolores like very much didn't want that talked about but I get it. She doesn't want Frankie to be a center focus of the show and the show drama. She wants to protect her kids. Gia, I believe, I think we got clarity in that, right? When Gia or sorry, when, after they called Gia, but Andy was backstage with Teresa and Louie and they were like, oh, this is what Gia actually said. And Andy was like, oh, so it looks like Joe could have misinterpreted it in some way. I do believe that. I believe that Joe possibly misinterpreted what was actually being said about his marriage to Melissa from Gia. Maybe Gia did kind of allude to that, but she was kind of, you know, taking a page out of her mom's book and was mindful of how she was saying that. But I do believe that they would think he would be better off without Melissa. I believe they all think that. And they want him away from Melissa because they just don't like Melissa. And listen, Teresa put that in their heads from a very young age. Remember in the earlier seasons when you have Melania dancing on the pole? And she's like, look at, I'm Melissa. So it's like she was planting these seeds in their heads when they were kids. Which I just don't see Joe and Melissa doing to their own kids. I don't see them involving their kids in this family drama at all. They just don't. They don't care to but. We'll see. I think they're done for now. I think Dolores is right. They need some space. They need some time. Louis is creepy. Scares the shit out of me. I'm not even going to lie. Like, the more we see him on TV, the worse it gets. The threats that he was saying, your day is coming. Just wait. He told Margaret, let's play. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's creepy. It's dark. When you tell a woman, let's play, like, these were veiled threats that he was throwing out at the reunion. On camera, like I just don't see how Bravo brings Teresa back after this if she's associated with him. If he comes with her, I don't see how the show can. Move. Yes, it is Teresa's show. I agree with all the tree huggers, all the tree stumps. I agree. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, but that just was like dark on a whole new level, not like Kathy Hilton, Lisa Rinna, Beverly Hills, dark that everyone's like, oh, so dark. This is dark. This is creepy. It's weird. The way that he speaks to people, the way that he threatens people, I do believe he had them investigated. Why would John Fuda have any reason to lie? Why would, you know, fine, take Joe Gorga out of it, take Frank out of it, but it's like, Margaret and Fuda, like, you really think that they're gonna lie about this? Obvious, and they all came with their their yellow envelopes ready to show their receipts that proved that Louie was actually doing this. And listen, they had phone records of Louis's phone number calling Margaret's son at work. And he's like, Yeah, that's my phone. Oh, I guess somebody used my phone number to hack and do this. It's like the phone record would show how long the phone call was. That's not just a hack. So to me, it's strange, bizarre. We need to be done with Louie. Louis and Teresa will lose because of Louie. Louis will be Teresa's downfall. Then a bit of Atlanta news. Nene, people were freaking out because this week's episode of Atlanta featured like a throwback of the old opening credits, and it looks like they cut Nini out of it, and people were up in arms about them cutting Nene out of it. My understanding is that Nene asked them to no longer use her image or likeness. Obviously, they can replay old episodes of Atlanta, but my understanding is they She didn't want them using her image anymore. She tried to sue them. She made big, wild accusations against Andy Cohen and against the network that it's like you can't expect to be on good terms with the network when you do something like that and then don't want them to use your image anymore. So they cut your image out. And then she was tweeting. She's like, see, this is what I was dealing with and da, 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 da. And she was like making a whole big thing about it, which, listen, if you don't want to be a part of the network and you don't want them to use your image, fine, don't cry when they abide by what you asked for. They settled the lawsuit. It, w- it was dropped. They moved on from it. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to me. The whole thing is is wild. Uh, but people getting so up in arms about it, I'm like, guys, chill. This is literally what she wanted. And she wants the sympathy because she's still angry and bitter that she got fired from the show. It is what it is. You know, they did it to Nini. They did it to Vicky. And now I think they're going to do it for Teresa sorry not sorry alright guys I love you I appreciate you you can always keep up with me at Just Plain Zach all of the internet follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach catch my recaps on Spotify with The Ringer every Thursdays I do Kardashian's recaps and then I also do Real Housewives of Orange County recaps on The Ringer's Morally Corrupt Podcast with Rachel Lindsay on Fridays so you can catch me every Thursday and Friday on The Ringer Reality TV Podcast doing some fun recaps for you there i love you guys i appreciate you guys i hope you have a wonderful wonderful day um wonderful wonderful weekend i'm excited to celebrate my birthday this thursday so if you're celebrating with me get your tickets now we have a few ga tickets that we just added at nofilterlive.com or we have our live stream tickets that you can get at nofilterlive.com as well and then i have a new york show coming up with the bra bros and a very special or some very special guests that i'll be announcing Hopefully by next week, if not the week after. Very soon I'll be announcing that. Um, July 26th at City Winery NYC. So East Coasters, July 26th. Mark your calendar. You can get those tickets now at nofilterlive.com. Those are selling really fast. So I suggest you jump on that. A-S-A-P. All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. I will talk to you later. Bye.